0: Hey guys, thanks for joining me today. Welcome to No Comment Podcast. Today is the first episode of the What's Family Murders series. So I'm guessing that if you're listening to this podcast you too have been absolutely entangled by this case for the last few years. I must admit for me it's been something of obsession since I saw the Oxygen documentary a couple of years ago. I remember it still. I got out the shower and my husband was like holy shit this case is going to absolutely blow your mind. So I sat down ready to watch the documentary. He'd already watched half of it, so I was like, right, let's get a rewind on this ASAP. Started watching the documentary and was just like, what the fuck is going on here? This shit is crazy. I think the reason I find this so intensely interesting is the enigma that is Chris Watts. Being a massive true crime fan, I've watched and read about so many different types of people and so many different types of people that commit crimes. And he just doesn't seem to fit the bill of these criminal psychopaths until, of course, the morning of August the 13th, 2018, when he committed the most heinous and disgusting act that I have ever come across. So before we get into today's episode, I just want to cover off a few housekeeping points. Number one, I am assuming a lot of knowledge on behalf of the listener for the purposes of this series. And that's because I want to spend more time looking at the details that aren't as well known and getting into my theories, as opposed to doing a sort of broad overview of this case because that's been absolutely done to death. So if you are listening to this podcast and you're like, what the fuck is this person talking about? What I suggest you do is go away, come back, but go away for now, watch one of the documentaries, then come back and re-listen to this podcast. Um, In terms of recommendations, I would say the Netflix documentary is a good start. So this is streaming on UK Netflix. I'm not sure about the other Netflixes, but it's definitely on the UK one. It's called An American Murder the Family Next Door. It is basically a compilation of police body cam footage, social media posts, texts, call logs and interview tapes and they're all pieced together to tell the story because there is so much media associated with this case that, and that again is I think one of the things that makes it so interesting is that you can literally watch it from start, from the moment that Nicole Atkinson, Shanann's friend, called a non-emergency call in for a welfare check on Shanann because she couldn't get hold of her. From that point until beyond the trial, you can watch it all unfold so I would suggest starting with that documentary also the Oxygen documentary that I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast is a really good documentary and and unlike the Netflix documentary includes interviews with the FBI with the CBI with the Frederick Police Department and is really really interesting also the prosecution So this offers a completely different perspective on the case because it includes the interviews from law enforcement and all the different people involved and is definitely worth a watch. My second point that I just wanna flag is that my timeline for the purposes of this podcast is gonna start around March, April, 2018. However, I am by no means saying that there were not events predating this which are relevant. It's just that in my view, this date onwards are the most relevant and noteworthy points. And so that's where I've decided to start. I will also be referencing a couple of books by an author called Sherilyn Cadle. Now she met with Chris Watts on various occasions and also wrote him letters and wrote two books. One is called Letters from Christopher and the other is The Watts Family Murders. She told him that she wasn't an author, but that she'd read his story and was extremely interested in the case and that she wanted to put his story out there and put the trophy out there for everyone to know. And for some unknown reason, I guess out of the hordes of letters he must have got whilst he's been in prison, he decided to take her up on this offer and they became pen pals. They wrote backwards and forwards and she went and met him on various occasions and got his story. So I just really want to make it clear from the outset that I have not purchased these books. I have watched interviews with Sherilyn on different YouTube channels and I've read different things online about her but I absolutely haven't purchased these books. I find that there's something a little bit off with her if I'm being completely honest and the whole situation just smells a bit weird and my view is that the detail in these books should be definitely be taken with a pinch of salt both from her and also his letters. So I mean some of the details that have come out in these books are really pretty grim and I mean this case is already horrible enough as it is but some of the details that have come out are really really horrible and I don't know part of me just feels that perhaps that he's coming up with new details or saying new things to for some reason keep the interest levels high in this case because he does seem to be taking some sort of satisfaction by the fact that so many people are really gripped by this case and continue to be, you know, three years on. So I've seen quite a few interviews with her on different YouTube channels. They are worth watching and they are really interesting, but I've noticed that she puts out conflicting statements quite a bit. So she'll go on to one YouTube channel say one thing then say something completely different on another YouTube channel and I know that she's been called out on this also she does this thing where she'll build so much suspense um, by saying that big things are going to be happening in this case and like next week something's going to come out and it's going to change this case forever and then Nothing, <laughs> absolutely nothing happens, and it's just like, why were you saying that? It's just really weird. And then she basically says that she can't give too many details because the FBI and da 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 da, and it all, it just none of it really seems to make sense. So personally, I felt a bit weird about buying these books. I have linked the book that I've read in connection with this case, which is really really good. I've linked that in the description, and I will be referring to that also. Okay so before we get into the meat of today's episode I also just want to say and this doesn't just apply to this series but any true crime case that I cover that I in no way mean any disrespect by the content that I'm putting out or any of the details that I discuss as part of the cases that I cover. My thoughts and well wishes of course go out to the Ruzek family for their tragic and mind-shattering loss I cannot imagine the pain that they've gone through at the hands of this complete monster and of course I want to be respectful for those who have lost their lives Shanann, Bella, Celeste and Nico and the reason that I'm putting out content and covering these true crime cases is to open up discussions and talk about the facts the points that we don't know our theories and you know, to promote a communal discussion. And that's really why I make this sort of content. So I just want to add that absolutely no disrespect. And that applies to anything that I put out there. Okay, so let's get back to today's episode. Our timeline starts on April 2018. Nicole Kessinger, I'm going to call her NK for the purposes of this series. She starts a temp Contract position at Anadarko in the health and safety department. She's reported to have turned the heads of colleagues, including Mr. Chris Watts, and was the subject of locker room chat in the early weeks of her arrival. In her later interviews, NK reports that she didn't meet Watts until May, June, 2018. But in the discovery, there is evidence that she Googled Watts in August, 2017, and his wife, Shanann, a month later on the 1st of September. This is seven months before she started at Anadarko and a year before the murders. How? Okay, so it's theory time. I've watched a few YouTube theories on this, and I wanna talk about those initially. So one and this was a interview with Sherilyn Cradle. She said that a that someone emailed her with this theory and it made total sense. So she discussed this. Basically is that in two thousand and seventeen Shanann's parents were visiting from North Carolina and they were staying at the Watts's house and they were living in their basement. Now they stayed there for, I think it was around a year and a half, quite a while. And that's because they were thinking about relocating from North Carolina to Colorado. And so both came over, got jobs, tried to make a go of it. It didn't work out for whatever reason. I think it was something to do with Frankie who is Shanann's younger brother. He was having issues back home, issues keeping up the payments on the Ruzek's house. So they eventually had to go home and abandon the Colorado idea. But during this time, they were living in the Watts' basement and that's where Chris would work out. That's where all his gym equipment was. So he couldn't do that anymore and so was forced out of the house and had to go and find a gym. And so the theory is that Chris and NK met at a gym from 2017. Sharon has also said that Chris told her that he introduced NK to Shanann on the 4th of July 2017 at a fireworks display. So having watched this interview, I took to Facebook to have a look at Shanann's old Facebook page. I cannot see that there's any post of a 4th of July fireworks celebration in 2017. And this is from a woman that literally documented every single second of her life, particularly significant events or big family events as it helped with her Thrive business. So I would have thought that something like that would be on her Facebook page, but it's just not. The only post on the 4th of July 2017 is a Thrive promotion. And then the next day there's pictures of Bella and Celeste in USA Colours. I looked back at 2016 to see if she posted about the 4th of July then, and she didn't. However, the earliest upload is on the 1st of July. So it may be the case that this was on another account and the account that I'm looking at is more for her Thrive promotion, but I can't find any other accounts with earlier photos. In 2018, there is a picture of Shanann in North Carolina. And it's clearly been raining. She's absolutely soaked and she's basically saying that there's no fireworks because of the rain. And it's tagged with an event for a family 4th of July celebration. So she posted about it that year. And I just find it strange that there was absolutely nothing for 2017 because I really think that kind of event would have featured on her Facebook if she went to it. So I'm a little bit skeptical about Chris Watts's account of how he introduced N.K. to Shannon, and it may be the case that he's just trying to create more intrigue or mystique around his relationship with N.K. Not that it needs it at all to be honest because it's already pretty fucking weird as it is. So then that begs the question why would he lie to Sherilyn when she met him? I mean again he's clearly a compulsive liar and someone who is strangely enjoying the limelight for his horrific crimes so... As I said, maybe he's just trying to promote more intrigue into his relationship with NK. I also find it extremely strange that Shanann didn't post anything about this event if she went to it, and I would have expected her to do so if it happened. So for me, I really don't think this took place. In terms of them meeting at the gym, yeah, that's definitely plausible. We know that the Rusex were staying with the Watts during that time, and so they may very well have met the gym, but there's one big problem with that theory. And this is it, from what we know, when Chris met NK, he basically lost his shit. He was addicted to that woman from day dot. I don't believe that he met her, let his feelings simmer for around a year and then randomly intensify in May, June, 2018. That kind of love and infatuation from what I know just doesn't really work like that. So I find it a little bit hard to believe that that's how they initially met. So let's get into my theory. And this is a bit of a rabbit hole, so please do bear with me. In April 2017, there was a deadly gas explosion in Firestone, Colorado, which killed two people. The explosion occurred due to the ignition of gas from a severed line owned by Anadarko. This triggered an urgent review process by Anadarko to look at the health and safety practices and where they need to be improved. What does NK do? She works in health and safety. So, In my mind, it's possible that NK was contracted out by her employer Tasman in 2017 to work on the health and safety strategy for Anadarko. Maybe she attended the Anadarko base on occasion and saw Chris Watts around, or maybe she just had his information because he worked as an operator and clearly that job role is gonna be central to any health and safety planning. So the crux of my theory is that she knew him before He knew her and that much I am sure of. Anyway, so let's get back to our timeline. May 29th, Shanann tells Chris she's pregnant with their third child. So for those of you who are really familiar with this case, I'm sure you've seen the Facebook video of Shanann telling Chris the news. Shanann's wearing an oops, we did it again top. Chris walks in the door, is nearly knocked off his feet in shock, has a clear, oh shit moment, then tries his best to fake some kind of emotional reaction, but of course fails miserably because he's a robot. Holding the test, he says, so pink means girl? Shanann responds, Uh, It's just the test in a kind of short way, as if to say, what the fuck are you talking about you moron? We've got two kids. Since when can you determine gender using a pregnancy test? Duh. I mean, to be honest, I'd probably have a similar response if my husband said that. That's pretty fucking stupid, especially if you already have kids. When I told my husband that we were pregnant, He just said, already, fuck, that was quick. So it's probably a good thing I didn't put that on Facebook. In his later confession interview with CBI and FBI after sentencing, CBI agent Tammy Lee comments on the fact that he really didn't look very happy in that video. He says it's probably because he was already talking to NK and he felt guilty even though the romantic side hadn't blossomed yet, he was having an emotional affair and so that was playing on his mind. June 12th. This is the initial email contact between NK and Chris Watts. So I have linked the emails that I'm referring to in the thread to the Watts highlight on Instagram. So I'm also gonna read out part of the email that NK sends to Chris. I'm looking for someone to build a beautiful life with, open bracket, seems to be simple, but it's so unrealistic sometimes, close brackets. Build something similar to what you have done with your wife and those cute little girls. I do believe in karma, so out of respect for myself, you and your family, I think it's best if we keep that friendship at work. So taking this email together with what Chris told agents, it looks like this is the beginning of the turn from a professional to a romantic relationship but that it follows a load of office chat that had been going on over the previous weeks. There was probably loads of flirting, NK painting herself as the impossible dream girl who loves cars and mechanics and gymming and clean living and dirty sex. Chris is clearly very taken back by her. And in his chats with Sherilyn, he comments on how it was the fact that NK came onto him that he craved so much and literally made him go crazy, or at least bought the crazy out of him. And I think this is probably really true. She comes across in all of the interviews that I have watched and listened to as someone that's pretty damn fierce. And I'm sure... She laid it on thick when it came to getting Chris away from his wife. There's a really great series on NK on a YouTube channel that's called Unmasked. Um, I subscribe to them, they're really really good, I recommend that you check them out. It's really in-depth and there's some great points covered there. So one point that I completely agree with and want to talk about was suggested by one of their viewers and they compared NK to the cool girl figure in the book and film Gone Girl. And i watched this the other day and it is so bang on i just it is just such a good comparison and i invite you guys to go and check out the definition of a cool girl from gone girl and um just let me know how much you think this is just nk all over june the 14th what's creates 200 contacts in his work phone including nk's work and her personal fame. So that's really weird. He has her personal details as literally two days ago, NK. You said, let's keep this friendship at work because you don't want bad karma and to come back in the next life as, let's see, maybe a hagfish or something. Oops, too late. June the 20th. This is Shannon's first ultrasound. Chris messages her and says that he's unable to attend because he's stuck in the field running from tornadoes. Literally the best excuse I've ever heard in my life. And take note, man, anything short of this will not be a valid excuse. In his defence, and this is maybe the only point I can defend him on, I have seen photos and it did look like there was some pretty severe tornadoes, which is kind of terrifying. So maybe on this one occasion, he was being honest. June the 22nd to the 26th. Shanann and Watts fly to San Diego to attend a Thrive event. Both looked so happy and in love in all the photos from the event that you can find all over Facebook and I will share some in the Instagram highlight. Chris is his usual charismatic self. Just kidding, of course he's not. He's awkward as fuck, as per usual. But nothing really seems to be amiss here considering that he's now clearly talking to NK on the regular and it's likely that they're having a romantic relationship of sorts, even if it's just emotional, he's definitely hiding it well. The couple takes several photos that on the face of it, give the appearance that they are super loved up, And I'm certain, as I can be, that NK would have seen these photos during one of her crazy Facebook stalking frenzies. And does this really look like a couple that's on the edge of divorce? Nope, and she knew it. June 27th, Shanann leaves for North Carolina with Bella and Cece. Her dad flies into Colorado so that he can fly out with them. Literally, the minute Shanann steps out the door, Watts is en route to meet NK outside of work for the first time, allegedly. They meet at a nature reserve close to where she lives and they go back to hers for what is reported to be their first intimate encounter. Ah, What a coincidence that the first time they do the dirty is the day that Shanann flies out of town. Not a chance, this was clearly in the works and in discussion in the weeks leading up to this as he knew Shanann was going away on this date for the whole summer. Apparently, they discussed the trip and he encouraged her to go for the summer, saying it would be good for her to grow the business and for the kids to see their grandparents. I'm pretty certain that such a major trip would have been in the works for weeks, if not months, before the date of departure. And from what I know, the couple have never spent such a long time apart since they first got together. Strange timing, right? My opinion is Chris wanted the missus and the kids out of the way so he could see where things would go with NK and he certainly didn't waste any time guessing that fire started. Okay, so that's it for this week. Next week we're going to delve into the debauched hot mess that was Watts and NK's affair. Thanks for listening guys if you like this podcast please do follow me on Instagram at no comment pod where I'll be posting highlights relevant to this episode and any future cases that I cover. I also have a Patreon page which I'll link in the description. I do this pod all on my lonesome mini violin during my maternity leave whilst I'm also trying to contain my crazy eight month old baby and so any help would be greatly appreciated and will go towards making the content that much better. Until next time.